everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. You thought we were gone, but we returned. Double date. Double down. Back for more. Back in the water. More vengeance. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> you did seven sentences right then. Back in the water. More vengeance. A die hard boogaloo. <laughs> that was great. It was really good. Katie is going to bring us a very special episode. I am. Do you want to tell us what it's called? It's from the series Beauty Queen Murders. It's very simple, straightforward. And it is on Discovery Plus from the ID Network. And we are doing season two, episode three, All the Queen's Men. Clever. All of them. Clever. Yeah. Do you know this case? I had seen the first part of this episode. And I feel like I was maybe watching it or I had deja vu. I either had deja vu or I had watched part of this episode. Interesting. It does seem familiar, but it gets a little wild. So I know I don't know it. Yeah, no, I only knew the beginning because I remembered her walking around the pool with that sarong around her waist. I feel like that could be common in ID shows and it might just be something you've seen many times. So... Let's get to it. We open with a blondish woman in a black dress walking on a very short runway with people clapping at her. And our narrator says, do you know the narrator? No, but it's a a generic smirking female. She's a white lady and she says everything with the smirk, much like Brenda Strong. She's Brenda Strong light. Okay, so let me try. All eyes are on a bedazzling blonde as she graces the pageant stage. That's the voice of every... ID narrator ever. ID network. I'm available. You can call me. I have a microphone at home. Mm -hmm. And I'm cheap. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm expensive. I'm expensive. Sorry, Mm -hmm. that was not what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. I have have rates that are semi-reasonable. She has a recognizable voice. Oh, there we go. To a small percentage of podcast listeners. Yeah, it's fine. Come on, give me a shot. Anyways, bedazzling blonde. Bedazzling is something that you do to a shirt or a fanny pack. That is I not- I noticed that as well. Is that a word? That no, ma'am. Is... Correct. Okay, good. I thought so too. I think they're supposed to say a dazzling blonde. Bedazzling is an action. It's a verb. It's an action word. Right. <laughs> You're doing something with rhinestones. I've been doing a lot of it lately. Trust me, I know. Okay. Then the narrator continues. But when a man is shot and killed in broad daylight- It's a word. I hate to say it. Oh, no. Yeah. Why do you have to fact check me in real time? Because I felt it, too. Like, I thought the same thing. But bedazzling? Bedazzler took a word that was in the English language, changed it, and made it the sole thing that you can think of when you hear that word is the bedazzler. But it actually was a word. And maybe one day we'll go back to that. I mean, it means what we think it means. It's the same thing. It's also a store here. I saw it and it's B-E space dazzled. B-dazzled. And How it was a bead shop. they not gotten sued? Because bees? it's B-E. Bees. Bees? Beads. Joe's so. not impressed. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know because they made, it, they made it like a two words. You're so be dazzled. You can be dazzled by this bead store. Yeah. Okay. I still think they might have gotten sued. 
probably. So when a man is shot and killed in broad daylight, the Ohio beauty queen goes from shining in the spotlight to a murder suspect. Was that good? It was great. Great. So then we get snippets of events to come, which I'm not going to spoil. But I will tell you that our opening, because we've never done this show before, our opening sequence, the opening credits, is a shiny diamond tiara dripping in blood. And then it says beauty queen and then the murders fills in with blood. It's simple. I liked it. It's no secret life of Stafford Wives. No, I mean, that could be its own movie. It really, it it was so well done. That intro was better than the Stepford Wives movie starring Nicole Kidman. No shade. Ooh, that is, that is shade. The original movie is so much better. That is heavy shade. But I denailed it with that intro. This was the like $75 intro. That intro is the $7,500 intro. Does that help? At least. Okay. So this story that we're in, All the Queen's Men, takes place in Akron, Ohio, a place that has a lot of beauty queens, but Cindy George is the most famous of these. Akron, Ohio? They have a lot of beauty queens. That's that Midwestern, Middle America beauty. There are very pretty people there. It's like the Netherlands out there. Corn fed. Yeah. Isn't that what they say? Corn fed beauties. Yeah. Yeah. Out with the husks. Okay. So we find out that Cindy George is no regular pageant princess. She is possibly involved in a murder and being investigated as a suspect. They give a lot of stuff away right now that I'm not going to give away yet, but that's all you need to know. Yeah. That she's possibly involved in a murder and being investigated. Yeah. But it's shocking to all the people being interviewed who say she was part of the Akron High Society. And we see Cindy descending down a spiral staircase in her house in a green dress with diamond earrings and a big glass of wine. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Akron had high society, but I also didn't know that Tallahassee was one of the best places in the country to raise a family and has incredible nightlife. Who said that? A double date said that. Our double date said that? Uh-huh. That's what the episode said. And we made fun of it. Or it was a dateline. Did we get in trouble for that? People no, most people us? were like, I live here. You're exactly right. And then two people were like, we actually do have a nightlife. There is a club here. I need some. I need to, them to send me a definition of nightlife. Yeah. Okay. So she descends the spiral staircase and they say, they call her a buckeye beauty. Buckeye Ohio. There yeah. we go. Okay. What is the buck-eyed beauty hiding behind that gorgeous smile? I wish they had said the buxom buck-eyed beauty. Rule of threes. Wouldn't that have been good? I'm obsessed with that. So (laughs) (laughs) We have to rewind to find out what's happening here. So let's take it back. But it's not that far back. So in this, these next few shots, when we're learning about where Cindy comes from and how Cindy gets to where she is, she is by the pool in a hot pink bikini top, black bottom. So mix, mix matching, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. But she has a sarong around her waist, sort of tied in a knot at the side. Mm-hmm. And then something else, which we'll get to in a second. They tell us that Cindy May may not have been born rich, but she was born blessed with long blonde hair and good looks. And I do not want to see a baby come out of the womb with long blonde hair. Because that baby's a witch. That's scary. That's like when babies have teeth. My friend's baby had teeth. I know. It's weird. But she is, has a great enough sense of humor to be like, yeah, she's a witch. And I'm like, <laughs> so she weird. is. She was like, if this was olden times, that baby yeah. would be not be in my arms. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, 
they would have taken that baby away. So don't say she was born blessed with long blonde hair because right. that insinuates that a baby came out with a full wig on. Maybe it did. Maybe it was Darcy Silva. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Darcy came out with a full weave? No, because we all saw what Darcy and Stacy used to look like in the first season of the show. Not blonde. No. Okay, yeah. So Cindy was not born a witch, but she was born a coal miner's daughter like Loretta. And (laughs) she was very poor. And they do this sort of shot that I don't know what they're trying to tell us without telling us, but they do shots of a trailer park. And I'm only, I hope that she was brought up in one of those homes because otherwise that's rude. That just insinuates that like, this is where poor people live. That seems not nice. I don't like that. Some of them are snowbirds and older people enjoying their retirement. Those sort of people live in RV parks and trailer parks too. Also, anyone who's ever lived in Los Angeles and can't afford a home has been like, I could do that. I can't even afford the rent at an RV trailer park in LA though. They're they're like $1,000 a month. I'm so sorry. I did not mean LA. I meant like Victorville. You have to go out. Yeah. You can't be living in LA proper. You have to go to Oxnard. Yeah, no shame with the trailer parks. No shame, but they did it in a shady way right now. So she's working hard to overcome her humble beginnings. And we know this because she she is in high heels by the pool, which is extremely dangerous. Yeah. I'm not a fan. But you know what? Samara Frosch, she died and her flip-flop was at the bottom of the pool. So flip-flops also dangerous by the pool. Pools. She was murdered though. It was an old dateline that we did. That lady with the cheetah print, everything. We could do that one again. If you guys would like a redo of that episode, (laughs) let us know, because I would love to talk about that again. So when Cindy meets her future husband, Ed George, she is 24 years old and she quickly sees that he's her ticket to the good life. But in this scene, she is wearing this yellow gold dress. And I'm wondering if it's on purpose, like she's a gold digger. Mm, It's the only time we see her in yellow. Interesting. Yeah. So she's at some fancy what appears to be party. We later find out it's a club when she meets Ed George. And Ed George is a big time businessman. He owns a number of businesses. They're an Akron high society family because they have all these businesses. Yeah, the author calls him a Sion, which I thought, oh, I've been pronouncing that word wrong. A Sion? I Googled it and I have been saying it correctly. It is Sion. The person on the show says it wrong. Oh, up top. So I thought it was, hey, me too. You know that feeling when you realize you've been saying something wrong on a podcast for a long time? Yeah, that was me. But it was him who said it wrong. Not not I. Sorry. It brought me back to um, Pierre and I'm filled with shame. You weren't rage. saying it wrong. You just had never heard of that fancy pronunciation. AKA I was saying it wrong because I've said it wrong in public multiple times. There are two. You can say it the way you were saying it. There's just a fancier way to say it. Which is gutting. That's all <laughs> for someone who likes to be fancy. So Ed George, the big time businessman. This is his nightclub that we're in right now because he owns this really fancy nightclub slash restaurant in town called Tangiers. And my friend is in the background in this scene as an extra. So what's up, Susanna? Yeah, I see you back there. That's our second time we've seen someone we know because I knew someone who was in one of our other double dates. So after five years of dating, Cindy and George are a power couple officially and they get married in the most lavish wedding ever. They have 600 people, a horse-drawn carriage, a six-person choir that sang the power of love. Because <laughs> I'm your lady. You are my man. That it was so basically lot. Akron's version of Akron. <laughs> Akron's version of the royal wedding. Yeah, that's insane. 
600 people. 600 people. I don't know 600 people. No, we'd, we'd have to invite everyone that listens to our podcast. Yeah. You guys okay. are all invited. Everyone's invited. I'm going to marry Ginger, the dog across the hallway from me. You're registered everywhere. Everywhere. Just get all the stuff. I want that money. Yeah. <laughs> Crate and barrel four times. Mm-hmm. So Cindy pretty much gets everything she wants after she marries George. She has a huge mansion with a live-in nanny for her seven children. Jeez. Whew. Everything she does is extra. A seven. You need seven? Apparently. Okay. So she Andrea also just- Canning has six though. If she can pull it off, like- Yeah. This, if she, this lady can pull it off like Andrea, go for it. Well, she can't because they tell us right now that she has the live-in nanny who I guess is juggling seven children single-handedly. <laughs> Obviously, Cindy can just go out and shop because in this scene, she's walking in with her friends with big unmarked bags and they're all having a great time. They sit down to glasses of wine and they toast to fabulous clothes and fabulous friends. Did she sound British? It, she sounded British to me. It was like to fabulous friends and fabulous clothes. And I was like, what? Because at the very beginning, we hear her say something and she's not British. And so I was super confused. She's upper crust now, though. Yes, yeah, she's upper crust. So she's gotten her continental accent. That's yes. it. So after some years, Cindy, of course, as most rich wives, apparently with seven children, become bored with this having it all. Yeah. What's she going to do all day? Take care of her children, Katie? Yeah. I don't think so. Don't think so. And the toast she made with the wine in the scene before suddenly turns into a martini glass that she's holding. And I feel like it's supposed to symbolize something like we've turned from wine to hard alcohol. (laughs) It's very smooth, this transition. And regardless, we're told that she's starting to look outside the marriage for excitement because dumb George, with all his riches, is working all the time. And at this point, she weirdly point blank stares into the camera as she drinks her martini. It felt like 10 minutes. It felt like I was in a staring contest and I looked away because I couldn't handle the pressure. She's just for so long saying nothing. I don't like this. I, it made me so uncomfortable. This choice of breaking the fourth wall at this point when she's drinking the martini is it's frightening. And it's not even the only time they do it. Yeah. And I don't know why it's so important at this point. I think this is like the turning, the turn, I guess. But But I think it should have been less. They should have done another pass on the editing. She looks possessed. Down a couple of beats. Yeah, for sure. Or I was really expecting that we were going to find out that she had a drinking problem and we we weren't going to be able to do this episode. That's what I was waiting for. (laughs) But that doesn't happen. But it seems like it might. It seems Mm -hmm. like the martini is a bigger deal than it is. It's definitely not. So... We are told she's becoming withdrawn and depressed, but this is because there are secrets. Mm -hmm. Remember that word. It'll come into play quite a bit. But her friends think that, well, you know what? A beauty pageant is a surefire way to pull her out of her funk. Yeah, that's what this lady needs is more focus on her looks in her life. How about therapy? If she's depressed and having a hard time with her self-esteem, here's a tip. Don't put her in a beauty pageant. With women half her age. The beauty pageant is the Mrs. Ohio beauty pageant. The only prerequisite is that she be married. The end. Yeah. Remember when Peggy Hill went on King of the Hill? I do. I'll never forget it. That episode might be one of my favorites. It's one of top 10. The duct tape. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's it's top 10. 100%. 
Now there is a workout montage of Cindy. We get some like workouty type music and Cindy has decided to get in shape for the Mrs. Ohio pageant. Like she was a fatty before. I don't know what exactly. I think she's just toning up. I'm not sure because when we do see Cindy later and I had a lot of questions, just a lot about this workout regimen. She's like aggressively stretching and then doing workouts from the 80s. She had the little weights, the little five pound <laughs> weights. I liked it. I think she had a step when she did those, you know, where you did go up on the step. Yeah. Did step your mom or, teach step? Step aerobics. I think that was after Joni taught aerobics. Oh. I think Joni taught like classic aerobics and then step was introduced. And my mom's like, no, too complicated. <laughs> Can't do that. Oh, I couldn't do step to save my life. There's no you way. have to be very coordinated. Joni could. She's coordinated, but it was just too much. She once flashed a whole group of people because she forgot to wear a leotard under her sweatshirt. So Oliver was going to the gym tonight and he had sweatpants on. And I said, do you have something under those pants? And he goes, what? And I said, do you have pants under those pants? And he was like, I changed there. Sorry. And by the gym, I mean the jujitsu place. He's not going to Gold's Gym. And so, yeah. And I said, have you, wouldn't you be scared if you took down your pants? I said, Joni did it. Joni I told him the whole it. story. I said, Joni <laughs> like, did it. Recently? And I was like, no. <laughs> no. He was very shocked. It's just as likely to happen recently, honestly, to Joni. That oh. it's more shocking that it happened when she was much younger gal. It's so funny. It's such a cute story, seriously. Yeah. And cute stories like that are just one of the reasons why StoryWorth is a great gift for the people you love in your life. What a perfect segue. I thought I knew my mom better than anyone. I know all the stories about how she flashed people. Then one day she casually mentioned competing in a beauty pageant. And she does occasionally (laughs) drop little nuggets. And I'll be like, what did you say? Like a story you've never heard before. And it got me thinking how many other stories that I don't know about my parents, my older relatives, That's why I love StoryWorth. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question of your choice from a bunch of options, like what was your favorite childhood memory? What sort of vacations did you go on as a kid? No joke, if it's Joni answering that question, she'll start by talking about a beach cabin she went to as a child, and a couple paragraphs later, she's talking about how proud she is of our transgender cousin. I don't know how she made that journey, But I went along with it and I was happy that I got a ride into Joni's mind. That's I know I will cherish those memories forever because it's written in her words and it perfectly encapsulates how entertaining and at the same time frustrating it can be to have a conversation with Joni. Also, I never knew there was a beach cabin in our family and why have I never been invited there? Thanks. I'm sorry. After a year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. So my brother's future child can laugh at Joni's stories and also wonder why they were never invited to the beach cap. Get to know your loved ones better and preserve those special moments forever with StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash date dateline. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash date dateline to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash date dateline. Thank you, StoryWorth. Because a Joni story is worth its weight in gold. (laughs) That it is. Now, let me ask the most important question. Where is the beach house? (laughs) You don't think I'm going to be asking that question tomorrow? 
Is there really a beach house? I read it in her story worth story. Does it still exist? It must have been lost in a poker game or something because I've never been invited there and that's just rude. I bet it's in Minnesota. Who cares? I would still go. Lake house. Yeah. Oh, it's frustrating. So while we're watching Cindy get in the best shape of her life, it got me thinking about bodies and how working out is great. But there's another way that you can get in touch with your body. And that's science. Yes, go science. Using the services provided by Everly Well. Yes. What if you could use science to discover more about your body all year long? Everly Well has a lot of tests. I need to get to know my body. Everly Well is the way. Give yourself more clarity and better understand your health and wellness with Everly Well at-home lab tests. Everly Well at-home lab tests give you physician-reviewed results and personalized insights so you can take action on your health and wellness all at an affordable and transparent cost. With over 30 tests, you could almost do one a week. Yeah, you could. Were you, you so inclined? Know your body so well. Inside and out, it'd be amazing. You'll be able to choose from the ones that make the most sense to you. Food sensitivity, which Kimberly has taken. And it was super accurate. There you go. Metabolism. That's the one I'm trying next. You are? Okay. Uh Sleep and stress and thyroid, which is the one I tried, are just a few of the many options. This is how it works. Everly Well ships your at-home lab test straight to you with everything you need for a simple sample collection. Using the prepaid shipping label, you mail your test back to the certified lab, and in just days, your physician-reviewed results and actionable insights are sent to your device, your phone, however you want to receive them. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide next steps if you see something on the test that's questionable. Absolutely. I was a little nervous about the whole process because it seemed like I was going to lose something or get messy, but the test itself, the kit is so simple. It's just a small little box. And I was nervous that because it was a blood test that I have to do for thyroid. Mm -hmm. So I was worried it was going to hurt. It didn't hurt at all. No, it you don't feel a thing. I sent it off. I got my results super quick and they were really informative because they break down exactly what your results mean. So it's not this like big, long scientific words, and then you don't understand. No, they tell you what this level means on each of the properties that were tested for thyroid. It's super helpful. Everyone should check it out. For listeners of Date with Dateline, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash date dateline. That's everlywell.com slash date dateline for 20% off your at-home lab test everlywell.com slash date dateline for science and your body. Where science and your body meet. Where science and your body are your business. <laughs> I like it. It is the business. Everly yeah. Well is the business. Yeah. Everly Well gets my business over and over again. Exactly. That sounded inappropriate, but it does. I do really like it's Everly It's the well. truth though. Yeah, they are, a, they are a fantastic service. Check them out. So- Here's the deal. Cindy George is doing this extensive workout montage because she is in her 40s and she wants to look really, really good for the bathing suit portion of this competition, bathing suit portion of the beauty pageant. 
Do most beauty pageants still have bathing suit pageants? I feel like they're definitely facing them out. I think on Miss America, they asked people, do you want it to happen? And of course, we as society suck. And everyone was like, yeah, we totally want to see those ladies and their boobs. So everyone voted to keep it. And it was like a live thing. So the ladies are like waiting to see the results backstage. And then it comes in. Yes, America wants to see the bathing suit pageant. So they're like disrobe. They like clapped. The ladies had to fake clap and pretend to be really happy that they were going to be parading around. Maybe they were. That Maybe they worked hard on their bodies and body positivity and all that. But they were like, yay, we get to do our bathing suit. Pat. Yeah. And then they basically had to do it right then. Yeah. Is the bathing suit portion just to what? To see their bodies. To judge their bodies. That's wild. That is Sorry, when you like for. break that down, that's kind of crazy. It is to judge okay. a woman's bodies. And this is not a fitness competition. This okay. is to see how well-rounded of a person you are and if you deserve a scholarship for college. Some of them do give scholarships, but only to the hotties. Also, what I find is funny is that when I watch toddlers and tiaras, the toddler pageants, a lot of those have swimwear. That's so creepy. I feel like they had swimwear. No, depending on the state. But the junior Miss pageant that I was in certainly did not have swimwear. It had formal (laughs) wear where you answered a question. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. But we did have, no, we did have a physical fitness dance. We had a fitness dance we had to do all together with like (laughs) balls and stuff. I love it so much. It's like drop dead gorgeous when they get the paint all over themselves. It was so bad. I wish I had video of that. Okay, just that portion because I couldn't stop laughing. All right, so now after months of diet and exercise, we get an interview with this person saying, for a woman in her 40s, the bathing suit would be the most terrifying. I have a problem with this whole chunk right here. With everything this guy says, I like, it kind of got my prickles up. I was like, what are you trying to say? Because I felt like he was about to be like the inevitable freight train of Trump that barrels down on a woman of a certain age. (laughs) has definitely not hit the lovely Miss Cindy George. Which makes her inherently better than you. That's what I felt like he was saying. Pretty much. Quote, she still had all that attractiveness about her. Uh, Why wouldn't she? You don't lose your attractiveness when, okay, just move on. We got to move on. This mom of seven looked fantastic in her swimsuit and she was so happy. Apparently she looked better than everybody there. But sadly, yeah. Huge issue. Why at the beginning do we see her parading around in a bikini by the pool, but then she's in a beauty pageant and she wears a one piece? No, you have to. They all wear one pieces. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. At the Mrs. Ohio, I guarantee you they were one pieces. I don't think so. Well, let's come at us, Mrs. Ohio. Yeah, come at us if you've been in Mrs. Ohio or have And no shame. If that's your thing, it's fine. It's just they do tend to do a lot of damage to some members of society. I just have questions. I just, I have, I just don't know. Yeah, I just have questions. Do a fitness number next time. Think about it. Take a page out of Junior Miss. Never mind. Don't take any pages from Junior (laughs) Miss. So- Sadly, the crown goes to another contestant and Cindy is disappointed, but takes the loss with grace, we're told, and apparently comes back from the pageant. She as does a not, superstar. by the way, the actress does no, not nail that. I thought no. she was going to jump on stage and stab that other lady that won. She looked devastated but and angry. And murderous. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't good. but And that's where this episode could have gone, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So she's very popular when she comes back, though. And now she's even more well-known in the town because she's known as the almost winner of Mrs. Ohio. 
but she also had more purpose looking for her next thrill. Okay. But not long after this, her charmed life stops dead in its track because on Father's Day, police are called to a shooting. A distinguished-looking silver fox has been shot in the face in his SUV. Sorry, it's really hard to say shot in the face with a straight face. Also distinguished. The actor who plays him is incredibly distinguished looking. He is, so I will give him that. No, that's true. So this person with the white hair who is shot is well-known Akron businessman Jeff Zack. But what does this have to do with Cindy George, the 46-year-old almost pageant winner? Stay tuned to right now. Because apparently after the beauty pageant, Cindy had been gloomy and depressed again. Poor Cindy. Like she was plagued with secrets. Jeff Zack, the man who was shot, was a family friend of Cindy and Ed George. According to eyewitnesses, a man in all black on a motorcycle had pulled up to Jeff's SUV, calmly dismounted, cocked a gun, went up to his window, shot him point blank just like that, calmly goes, gets back on his motorcycle and speeds away. It was a full on hit job. It wasn't an accidental shooting in an Mm -hmm. SUV. Let's Mm -hmm. put it that way. There is some surveillance of the crime, but it's really grainy. And the only other evidence at the actual crime scene is the bullet itself, but it's so damaged, they can't even tell what kind of gun was used. So the police have to start questioning people in Jeff Zack's life. And the police first go to his wife, Bonnie, a brunette with long beach waves and sad eyes. And she tells them not so many good things about her husband, Jeff. He was kind of a shady business guy In some respects, he was also a super philanderer and was having an affair with a leggy blonde (gasps) who wears swimsuits. Old secret Cindy. Cindy George. Jeff Zack was a conceited, wealthy charmer who had prematurely white hair that is very, very cool in the actor that's playing it. Oh, he is handsome. Yeah, it looks great on him. He's like Anderson Cooper. He's He's like Anderson Cooper. I was going to say Steve Martin, but more like Anderson Cooper. He's a... Steve Martin, too. I feel like on his resume, it says Anderson Cooper type. Yep. Because it's na- clearly naturally prematurely mm-hmm. white. It's like a silver. It's like a yeah. really light white silver. Beautiful. It really is. I wish my hair could get that color. So 10 years ago, Jeff and his wife, Bonnie, are in the Tangiers nightclub, which is, remember, owned by Ed George. Bonnie catches Jeff ogling Cindy. Googling, ogling. I wrote, they are I-effing each other. Yeah, That's they are doing that. obvious they are being. They're, their eyes are having coitus. This is not the most subtle show. They let you have it a little bit. So Bonnie catches Jeff doing this and then sort of challenges him and is like, oh, she's way out of your league. What sort of relationship is this? A weird one. A toxic one. Yeah. I don't, it's bad. So. Zach is the kind of guy who, of course, then, oh, I'm going to rise to the challenge. She's out of my league. No one's out of my league. He goes over, hits on Cindy, and somehow they all end up sort of at this loungy couch table area together. Bonnie with Zach and Cindy, and Zach is like rubbing Cindy's leg and shoulder in a sensual way. With the spouses, like right there. I don't like this because it's not swingers. It's more like F you, right? It's really messed up. Also, Ed's in the Ed's in the joint. So Ed also sees that Zach yeah. is kind of rubbing up on his wife and comes over and Zach tells Ed how beautiful his wife is. And Ed says the age old joke. 
if you can afford her, you can have her. Yeah, it's a really, it's not a great. Okay, but then Zach leans in to Cindy and whispers, you deserve better than this. Do you? Are we sure about that? I'm not sure. So Cindy is super charmed by that because I guess she'd been ignored by her husband who was doing too many business things and she needed attention all the time. That sounds like a her issue. So after this super flirtatious night in front of everyone's spouses, Jeff Zach becomes a big fixture in the George's life as a family friend. And I guess he's at the house all the time. He's at, He shows up at the nightclub. That all seems very weird. And all the time, he and Cindy are having a 10-year-long affair. Where are the children? With Who the nanny. has seven children and time for an affair? Time or energy for an affair? I have a plant and I can't have an affair because I'm too busy and stressed trying to keep this plant alive. Spoiler alert. The plant is already dead. I was going to say, I need picture evidence of that the plant was ever alive. Okay. But Bonnie knows about this affair. Even, I mean, we know that she saw her husband flirting, but she also has overheard them on the phone. She knew, right? She knows it all. Also, the woman that they've cast, the way they have lit slash dressed slash maybe are encouraging the, the current wife to act. It just is not. It doesn't seem like she has. You can say it. Say bullet train of frump. She's a frumpy lady where in comparison, you have Cindy who's like, they make seem like this glittering, be bedazzled. Who's extremely well lit. Exactly. Yeah. Perhaps lit from within. It's all in the highlighter. I don't know. It's unfortunate. It really is. And Bonnie does not get any redemption in this story, by the way. It really is not great. I was kept hoping that she was going to come back in. No. Yeah. So... After this big 10 year, this 10 long year affair. Also, we don't know if Ed knows. I'm assuming Ed knew. Uh, He has to have known. Yeah. So weirdly, they have a really bad breakup. We see a fight between Jeff Zach one month before Jeff Zach is shot in the face. So they have a really weird fight in the front entrance right now where she says something akin to, you have no idea how high I can fly or something (laughs) like, did you see? She says something like that. It's something very like definite, like don't cross me. It's a whole thing. So we're we know that it was a messy breakup. One of them wanted to break up, which was Cindy, and Jeff Zach did not. He wanted yeah. to stay together forever. But the police are totally aware of the affair and they show up at Cindy George's house the day after the murder. And when they arrive, she appears to be kind of high. 100%. And the problem is they show a clip of that at the very beginning. They do. Where she says to the police, what's this all about? And I thought, oh my God, she's the worst actress. I hope they don't give her any lines. And then when we got to this part, it says she was medicated. I was like, oh, she's actually a good actress. She did seem medicated. Good job. She did an okay job, right? She really did do a good job. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And she isn't going to speak to the cops without her husband present. So the police make an appointment with Ed and Cindy for them to come down to the station to have a formal interview at the station since she can't talk to them without her husband present, sort of druggedly shuts the door on them. But the only person that shows up at the police interview is Ed's attorney, who tells them that the Georges will not be speaking to them. Wow. So right now, who has the bigger motive? Ed George, the cuckold, or Cindy, the cheater? We learn a little bit more about 
Ed George, who is apparently a very charismatic guy in his own right. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this episode is charismatic. Mm-hmm. They use that word a lot. These are the Akron elite. Yeah, I guess they're all charming and gregarious. I don't know. So he's really well-liked. He's well-respected. He's running the hottest spot in Akron for the rich. But years... You said Akron again. I keep doing I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't know where that's coming from. I keep wanting to say acorn. And (laughs) and I'm auto-correcting myself in my brain to to Akron. Oh, sorry. What does it say? Akron. Akron. It's spelled Akron. I know. It sounds like you're saying Emmanuel Macron. It does. It, so- <laughs> it sounds like I'm trying to say it fancy. And it's this is not one of those situations. So Jeff Zacks is giving her the attention that she so desperately craves. But it's a little too much attention. He was actually kind of controlling. And at one point, he actually made a list of things that Cindy was allowed to do and things she wasn't allowed to do. And the nanny told her... Why do you put up with this? And Cindy said, if I don't, he may take Edwina Jeffrey, my youngest child. (laughs) And now all the tables have flipped because dun, dun, dun. There's a child in the mix. That's what happens with a 10-year affair. I'm surprised there's only one. And I feel like there might be more than one. Those, all those children should be tested. Yep. Yeah, there's no way. Also, she's friends with the nanny. Well, after 10 years and this woman is raising her children for her. Yeah. guess so. But I'm surprised she lets the nanny use that sort of lip. I feel like she would smack her across the face and be like, don't talk back to me. I'm Mrs. George to you. Well, no, I think they're friends because that's a friend conversation. I think it's her only friend. Yeah, but that's probably true. Those other ladies are just drunk and telling her to be in pageants. Well, she can't tell the other ladies because that's her secret. Remember, she has all these secrets. So the detectives on the case get a search warrant to find out the paternity of the little girl, even though the Georges are really fighting it at this point. But I thought that was really smart because it does play into the case whether or not he was the biological father. Mm -hmm. You are the father. So they still have to go through. They still have to go through with the paternity test and the rumors are confirmed but Ed stays by Cindy's side, even Every though it is confirmed. They talk about the father, the child being Jeff's, Jeff Zach's daughter. They do this shot of him and he crosses his arms and he looks like he just landed a multi-million dollar deal. But his face is very smug and it's like, yeah, my sperm did that. They landed. Oh, yeah. Like he's super proud that he impregnated his mistress. Yeah, he does this purse. He does this one face. I don't know what to call it. What do you call it with the pursed lips a lot? Yeah, I, that's smug. Smug a-hole? Yeah, arrogant. Smug city? Yeah, smeg-hole. Yeah, smeg-hole. So Ed stays by Cindy's side, but Ed and Cindy have a really solid alibi for the actual time that this murder was committed. They were at a wedding. There were tons of people that saw them. There are pictures. And so the police have nothing to go on. And the case drags on for months and starts to go cold. Until a woman comes forward with information about her ex-husband. It's always somebody out of the blue who told her that he had gotten into an altercation with a white-haired Israeli businessman. I missed that he was Israeli. He used to be an Israeli soldier. That's right. They did mention that. Of course, the actor playing him, I don't remember if he has lines or not. He does not have an accent if he does have lines. Yeah, he had lines. 
Did he have an accent? In the fight, in the, you have no idea how high I can fly. I'm not finished. Come back. Okay, so yeah, no accent. No accent of any kind. Okay. Also does not look Israeli, but that's fine. That's fine. So the man's name who possibly got into an altercation with Jeff Sachs, his name is John Zafino. And the ex-wife tells the detectives that she had a phone call with her ex, John, and said, did you have anything to do with the killing of this guy in the news and the SUV that was shot in the face? And John's great retort is, let's just say he's not going to have to part his hair anymore. Is that a dig at his white hair? What are you talking about? Did he have a really severe part? Maybe he's like implying he was really vain about his hair because he's so handsome like Anderson Cooper. It's just the weirdest diss to a dead guy that you've murdered I've ever heard. It sounds like your hair is going away. Right, and you're jelly. And you are like, oh, how great for you. You could part your hair. <laughs> you know, it's a weird flex. So what is this weird John Zafino's connection to the Georges? Take a wild guess. It's a secret. The ex-wife says he's having an affair with a woman named Cindy. Mm-hmm. A leggy blonde? A leggy blonde. Another one. So John Zafino, we keep seeing in a black leather jacket, a tank top, and a scowl. The <laughs> end. He's basically dressed like a member of Hell's Angels Light. Yeah. And the one guy that's interviewed that looks like Frank Zappa is like, he's kind of like a biker guy. He literally is a biker. He drives a motorcycle. Okay. He's a biker guy. So we also find out he's a juice head and he like goes to the gym and is one of those guys that talks about how much he can bench press. Yeah. And the guy that looks like Frank Zappa does not like that. He's like, a meathead. He's very judgy. But the same guy, that the interview guy that looks like Frank Zappa, loved mm-hmm. the white-haired guy. So he has a certain guy's style that he really emulates. He's like, he's so prematurely white, but he wore it so well. Are you in love with him? And then this guy's like, he's a meathead. He's a biker guy. No, I think he does what we're supposed to do, which is be incredibly respectful towards people who have passed. Okay, that's And fair. then very angry at people who commit crimes. That's true. Okay. So... Frank Zappa maybe has one up on us. He nailed it. Also, the people being interviewed become important later. And I kind of figured out why we get who we get. Oh, good. Because I did not figure out. We get writers and things. A lot of writers. Yeah. I think I know why. Okay. There must be some books about the case. I'll talk about it at the end. So he isn't well-educated. He's super cocky, brags about the size of his biceps. I mean, he sounds like a real winner. He's real rough around the edges. So he and Cindy, of course, meet at Tangiers one night, then start hooking up. And Cindy is kind of this time controlling him, not like how Jeff Zachs controlled her. She gets him a cell phone and an apartment, maybe an apartment. They say that really weird. Like she was going to get him an apartment. It's a weird phrasing, but he's basically on call for her 24 seven. We have a sexy a bunch of sexy time sort of stuff with them. And it's with a saxophone. Yeah, but not as racy as normal ID shows, I felt. It's definitely not. Not like Blood Relative. It's a lot of her walking towards him seductively. It's the preemptive of the sexy times. Yeah. Yeah. And not her in full underwear. She's in a slip. That better not be because she's in the bullet train of 40. That better Mm -hmm. be just because the actress said no. But she has a problem now. Because she has this exciting new boy toy and Jeff Zachs is not wanting to end things with her. 
So he could also make life extremely difficult for her because of the little girl. So now what does she do? She's in a pickle. So John Zafino is a great suspect. He gets called, he gets hauled in to talk to the cops and denies everything. But the police are clever. They go back and look at his DMV records and find out that he bought a ninja style motorcycle three weeks before the murder, which is very similar, basically the same as the motorcycle that was caught speeding away from the crime. So they go and talk to the people that sold him the bike, the dealership, and they said they remember him and he was gruff and a jerk. (laughs) But more importantly, he had a leggy friend who was a pretty blonde, Cindy George. So John Zafino denies everything. He denies knowing Jeff Zachs or fighting with him or being anything more than friends with Cindy George. But They've got too much on him. He is arrested and all of Cindy's secrets have come into the light. Now we have Zafino's trial, which has a lot of media coverage and Cindy George's face is everywhere. And speaking of face, (laughs) now is when we get to see everyone's real faces. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, let's go. (laughs) Zafino has a much sadder, punier mustache than the man who is playing him in this scene. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. He is not the, like, Ronnie that I thought he was. <laughs> That's how I pictured him. And he's not. Ronnie. He's described as a meathead. I don't know. It could be that we're seeing him in a, the whole thing with him in, like, a suit for trial is very different than the tank top that we keep seeing the actor in. Oh, my gosh. We also get to see Jeff Sachs. It's not Anderson Cooper. It doesn't look like the actor. But he does have white hair. And it is parted in the middle, which made more sense with the part comment. Yeah. It was a heavy part. He's not going to have to part his hair anymore in the middle. It still doesn't work. Still not a good diss. So Cindy, we also see Cindy is just much more petite than I pictured. Yeah. And less blonde. Yeah. The actress is voluptuous. Yeah. She's very thin. She looked, she reminded me of your mom. She reminded me of your mom. Your mom and my mom combined. Combined. Yeah. That's it. All right. That's Cindy George. So why didn't your mom or my mom enter Mrs. Ohio? I know. So Cindy comes in to testify at the Zafino trial and the lawyer asked the courtroom to be cleared, which I've never heard before. I didn't know lawyers could do that. I think these lawyers are terrifying. I know they can do that for like children if a child's testifying or like very special circumstances. But why would they do that for her? Because she was almost Mrs. Ohio, almost 10 years ago. Does she need a bodyguard where she goes everywhere? Because that's such a big deal. I'm not. Apparently, it is a really big deal. Apparently. I think we're just unimpressed by things that other people are impressed by. I don't think people are that impressed by that. Okay. They make it sound like everyone is. Yeah. Everyone in Akron was very excited. Well, she's like the hometown hero, kind of. She wasn't Miss Ohio. She was in Mrs. Ohio. I think it's at the top five. Okay, I didn't even get that. I just thought they didn't tell us because she didn't place. I mean, honestly, you could give me a Mrs. California. I would have no idea who, what, who. You could show me a lineup. I would be like, I don't know. They're all pretty. Yeah. There's a Mrs. California pageant. That's news to me. Is there? Is it on TV? There is. Probably. I'm sure there is. 2023, get on it. I'm going to sign you up. I'm going to be your coach. It's just not my world. Again, no disrespect if it is your world. It's just not my world. It's a little more Katie's world because she watched so much Toddlers and Tears. 
It's why I'd be so bad at it. It's why I'd be a good coach. <laughs> Those who can't do teach. So Cindy evokes her Fifth Amendment right. There's no reason to clear the courtroom. It drives me crazy. I don't understand <laughs> it. It just seems annoying. And then Ed George comes in to testify and evokes marital privilege with literally the shot we see is him with his arms crossed high up on his chest, just pouting on the stand. It is the biggest, like, I don't want to hang. Right? It's he's so angry. It's the biggest frown I've ever seen. And he looks nothing like the actor either. None of these people look like I imagined. So Zafino is the only one who's maybe going to talk. Cindy gave the fifth. The husband is invoking marital privilege. Prosecution tries to give Zafino a deal. And if he makes a deal to testify against Cindy and she say she was the mastermind, They'll give him less time or whatever because he's up for a life sentence right now. So he flips like a pancake and Cindy is put behind bars. No, he doesn't. Mm -mm. He never turns on her. She has some grade A Clovis is all I can think. Sort of magical powers over men. I think I was right. I think that baby came out of the womb with a full head of blonde hair and she (laughs) is a witch. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so I nailed it. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. Yeah. Why would he fl- not flip on her? That makes no sense. Witch. To avoid life in prison. It ha- Yeah, she actually has to be a witch. Spell. Yeah. yeah, there's no, it's insane. So all is not lost here. Zafino has had a very, very fancy defense attorney, one that he would not be able to afford. And it turns out that the Georges were paying his legal fees. What is happening in this marriage? You know about these affairs. You're fine with it. You maybe know she had something to do with a murder. You're fine with it. You know she was sleeping with this other guy. You're fine with it. You're fine that she fathered a child with this other guy. You're now paying for the legal representation of the one guy she maybe was sleeping with and had killed some other guy. Magic Clovis. That's it. It literally all comes back to that because Ed is all that Ed is doing is protecting his wife the whole time. Yeah. What I'm thinking is they did not get a prenup. So if something happens to her, his finances, he's a businessman. So whatever he's got is tied up with her or he just loves her that much, which is insane. Wild baby with another. Okay. So. Anyways, so the Georges are paying his legal fees. And also, Cindy George had removed $5,300 from her bank account right before Zafino and her go to the motorcycle lot and buy the motorcycle for approximately $5,300. It couldn't be clearer. There are also phone calls that line up right before the murder and close after the murder that put them in contact. So that's enough. The prosecution gets it through the grand jury. And Cindy George is arrested. They go to trial. This finally, this is it. Cindy George on trial for conspiracy to commit murder. She's found guilty. hey But not one to stay down for long. No. Nope. Remember, <laughs> money solves everything in Akron, Ohio, apparently. <laughs> so Cindy has really, really, really good lawyers. And they immediately appeal her conviction. And shockingly, it totally works. She serves 18 months in prison and her conviction is overturned on lack of evidence. And she's free to go. Unreal. The Court of Appeals basically states she can never be tried again for this because of double Double jeopardy. jeopardy. They go so far as to say that. So what's happening right now is she is suing ID Network 
for this episode. <laughs> and, and maybe hopefully us. not suing us. <laughs> and the reason we get interviews with a lot of authors is probably due to this fact that she is out there right now living her best life with a very good legal team uh-huh. surrounding her and lots of money. Mm-hmm. The end. Also, I love the lady at the end that was like a beauty pageant consultant. And she's like, meanwhile, I had no idea she was capable of murder. I didn't even know she was having all these affairs. Sweetheart. Nobody knew she had secrets. I know. I wish we'd gotten more of her. We get her twice in the whole episode. I loved the beauty. But no, she wasn't a consultant. She was in the pageant with her. I thought it said beauty pageant consultant. Oh, I missed that. This said former Mrs. Ohio contestant. Oh, look at that. So I think they might have been pals. What in the world is this story? Also, how did you not know? I mean, I guess no one knew, but if they make it so obvious from the reenactments of the eye ogling. But they're in a nightclub. I think that everybody's drinking. Yeah, that's true. And they're all trying to get their own affair going on. Yeah. They're not paying attention to your affair. And also, people don't talk about people with that much money, that's right? True. You don't, or you do. Or like, you do, but not if you're in their circle, maybe. And also, I think it seemed like, from what I can gather, why are you having an affair? You got everything going. She didn't get attention. That's what she really wanted. Attention. But Ed doesn't seem like a bad guy. Ed seems to love you enough to pay for the person who, your hitman, uh-huh. who you were also sleeping with. The hitman affair person. Yeah. Yeah. And let you have a 10-year affair with this guy that kept coming to the club and coming to your house. Yeah. I have a lot of questions And they get back together and are happy after she gets out of jail, right? So they're just, she's, yeah, Magic Clovis. If anyone else has another theory that doesn't involve some sort of love spell, like that she is brewed up with locks of her hair, let us know. Because I I don't know. Because how do I, you could bottle that and sell it, whatever she has. Yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah. It was a fun episode. It was very fun. Great job. Great recap. I'm sure people are going to be really excited. Double Date is back. We're not doing double dates very much lately, but. We have a few coming. So yeah, if you do have favorite episodes, let us know. We're trying to branch out from Blood Relatives still. So we had to do one of these beauty queen murders. They're not as camp. Yeah. They're pretty camp. They are, but not as camp. But not as camp. There's nothing as a lot as notable happening in the reenactments. That's why we didn't go into it a lot. It's more just a fascinating story, this one. So, and I want to look up and see what happened more. But the reenactment actors all do a pretty good job. Yeah, I wish they were worse. Yeah, they weren't. Sorry, I just got really into the story. No, it's a good story. We had to do this one. It's important. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Follow us on social media. Check out our Patreon. What's acronistic mean? <laughs> What's that mean? I don't know. Acronistic? Is that a word? An error in chronology. <laughs> that helps us zero. That helps us absolutely nothing at all. Have a bedazzling weekend, everyone. Yeah, be de- you don't need to bedazzle. Your, your personality is bedazzled enough. Be bedazzled? What? It doesn't. It can't be a word. Bedazzle. Be bedazzled. Be bedazzling. That is technically correct. Be bedazzling. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. No, ma'am. That's not. That makes my brain hurt. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.